0: Hawaii has adopted us, and it's been really good. I think the early years, uh, especially, you work so much you forget why you're here, you know. And uh, start of anybody starting a business understands what that means. You know, you you might have moved here because you love the water, you love this, you love that, but guess what? You don't get any of that when you're starting a business to the to the level that we did. Aloha, welcome to Hawaii's Best Podcast. Learn the stories behind Hawaii's best experiences influencers and businesses. Discover everything that makes Hawaii the Aloha State. And now your host, Brian Murphy.
1: Aloha and welcome to episode 21 of Hawaii's Best. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we're going to hear more from Garrett Marrero of Maui Brewing Company. He is the co-founder there. And recently on a trip over to Maui, we got to spend some time with Garrett and Kihei at their main facility, and it was an incredible experience. And I can't wait for you to hear more about what is going on at Maui Brewing Company. So much more than their great product. They are actively involved in the state of Hawaii, and we get to hear more about his story personally and how Maui Brewing Company all came about. One of the best ways that you can help support Hawaii's best is by simply hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review and a rating below. That helps other people who love Hawaii just like you be able to find this conversation. For 2020, we have some amazing guests lined up. We get to hear more from other CEOs of some incredible Hawaii companies, and we're also planning on doing more on-location interviews, so that's something you're going to want to not miss this year because we are just gearing up here on Hawaii's best. As I mentioned, Garrett is the co-founder of Maui Brewing Company, and you can simply find Maui Brewing Company by going to MauiBrewingCo.com, or on Instagram, follow them at Maui Brewing Co. Throughout our conversation, we talked a lot about some new products that Maui Brewing Company has coming out, and since the release of this episode, have come out with some of those things that we talked about in this interview. So to find out what those products are or to find out what's happening next with Maui Brewing Company, just go to MauiBrewingCo.com and you can find out everything there. Garrett and I connected off air for some time as well when we were um, visiting with them. And it was just so evident and so cool to see the respect that his staff have for him as we're just walking around the facility. He, he's greeting everybody by first name. He knows who's having a baby and it was just such a cool experience. You, you got this family feel for a company that has grown so large, so fast that Garrett's intentionality and his care for his staff and his care to not only grow and make a larger impact, but to grow at a pace that is healthy and to grow at a pace that values their customer and as well as the staff on the same hand. And that is an interesting balance to find. And it's cool to see Garrett flourishing in that. So I'm just excited for you to listen to our conversation. So let's go ahead and head over and talk story with Garrett from Maui Brewing Company. thank you so much for coming on Hawaii's Best today. How are
0: you doing? And maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm doing pretty well. No shortage of things to do, of course. Uh, you know, here end of summer, uh, beer drinking season still. You know, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Maui Brewing Company. 2005 is when we started. And here we are almost uh, be 15 years in January wow. later, uh, still cranking it out. That's amazing. Now, yeah. how did it all start back in 05? I'm sure there's a story before 05. Sure. I was 26 when we started the company, but it really was just a, a vision, a dream of mine that I had back in uh, probably 2002, maybe three. Okay, I'd been coming to Hawaii on vacation for several years and just fell in love with Maui and realized that there was no local beer. Uh, that was actually being produced in Hawaii, and you know most of it was being shipped over and called local. Me coming from San Diego saw that as a huge opportunity because you know craft beer that term craft beer was just starting to be used right. and I felt that it was about a sense of place, about integrity, and it really needed to be local if you were going to say it was local. Uh, So I saw that as a good opportunity. I was in finance. Uh, My girlfriend at the time uh, was in finance, but on the analytical side. And one day I told her, hey, we should move to Maui and start a brewery. And that was in 2004. Uh, it was early 2004, and by December of 04, we had moved here and we co-founded Maui Brewing Company together. Wow! Uh, so opened the doors in January 28 on January 28th, 2005, and been going ever since. You had the idea in 04, 03, uh, 03, yeah, and you opened two
1: years later. Yeah, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, it was pretty quick. I mean, it was. I was in finance, like I said, I yeah. was an investment consultant and wanted to do something different. You know, I was at the time thinking, to see, 04, 03, I was 25, just turned 25, I think, when I really started thinking about this and uh, maybe even 24. That's so long ago. <laughs> but, you know, like any young man at that age, you know, you, you can do no wrong. You're invincible, you're infallible, make no mistakes, of course, I'm sure uh, you're probably a lot like that, Brian, at least back then, maybe. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, yeah. of course, I've downplayed that over the years and and learned how much I didn't know is I think the next step in a man's life is finding out everything you don't know, (laughs) but you know, it was that, that youthful, Maybe a bit of aggress- aggressiveness, but also that youthful confidence, I think, that helped to say, you know, what? I can do that. Right. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I can do it. And uh, we took a big risk and sold everything we owned, borrowed every penny we could and started up Maui Brewing Company from a essentially a bankrupt brew pub that was operating in just outside of bankruptcy after coming out of receivership in Kahana. Okay. And so that was something that we saw as an opportunity because it had a brew house, had a restaurant, um, so there was already some traffic there. And if we cut out all those other partners and trimmed the fat, rebranded, because it was not Maui Brewing Company, simplify things and sure. really focus on making killer, authentic local Hawaiian beer, then maybe we had a chance. And at the time, there were about 1,200 breweries in the country. Uh, So, you know, back then it was really very new. You know, there was, um, of course, you know, guys like Sierra Nevada, Ken Grossman and family and uh, Greg Cook and Steve Wagner over at Stone. You know, they had been doing this for many years, even prior to maybe a decade, two decades prior. We just wanted to do that here in Hawaii. Okay. And it wasn't being done. I would say the way micro beer, micro brewing was being done in Hawaii was, I think, less with probably the least amount of integrity it could have been done Mm. uh, because it was being brewed in the mainland, shipped over, and called local. Labeled local. Yeah. Oh, okay. Labeled, you know, I'll just say it, liquid aloha. Okay. Uh, And, you know, there hasn't been a bottle of Kona Brewing Company beer brewed here Mm. since God knows, but before we started, you know, say 20 years now. Mm -hmm. So for us, you know, we saw that as an opportunity to really lead with, hey, we're local, we're authentic. You know, we weren't trying to appropriate the culture or appropriate the the local name in, term, in terms of like that we're from here. But it was a place that we fell in love with and wanted to give back to that community by making a, a craft beer. I think beer brings people together. Um, <laughs> you know, all alcohol does that. Liquid courage in some ways. I mean, I know relationships start because, you know, people break down their barriers and are able to have a conversation when they've had a few drinks, you know, and like Frank Zappa said, you need, you know, to be a real country, you need an airline, a sports team, and a beer. And uh, we wanted to give that to Hawaii was our contribution, if you will.
1: So when you came on Island during those vacation years Mm -hmm. to Maui specifically, you saw the opportunity, you saw the problem Mm -hmm. and you're like, I can, but where did, where did this whole microbrewing passion, where did that stem from?
0: Uh my grandpa actually okay um so my growing up uh, my stepdad's dad, um, we call him Opa Bob, yeah. uh, he worked at Scripps Oceanographic Institute in San Diego, oh, yeah, and so he did uh, purchasing for them, and so the captains of the boats that would come in and doing provisioning and stuff with him would always bring him beer from all around the world, and so he'd bring this beer home, and I'm thinking back to probably. 13 ish, maybe. I had already, I mean, we grew up in a very European family. So wine and beer and, right. you know, responsibility was always trained to us, et cetera. But Grandpa would bring these beers home and we'd try them. And I remember drinking like MGD, which was my uncle's beer. And thinking that I will never drink beer in my life. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever had. Uh, but then my grandpa gave me some beer and I was like, oh, this is good. I like this. You know, what is that? You know? And over the years, as I grew up, got to try more and more beers. And, you know, Sierra Nevada is, of course, a core beer for me. I mean, that's a beer that I just love so much. It's still perfect to the, to this day. Pete's Wicked, uh, back in those days, Pete's Wicked winter beer was my mom's uh, wedding beer at her second wedding. Okay. Stone Brewing Company in San Diego. They opened up in '96, the year I graduated high school, and my grandpa bought a keg of their IPA. Uh, it was one of the first ones they sold out of the brewery uh, to the public uh, for my graduation party. So I had this love <laughs> of good beer yeah. early on, so much so that I was definitely a beer snob when it was in, when I was in Your college. Was being yeah uh, oh yeah, yeah I couldn't yeah. drink the Natty Lights and the <laughs> Booty Chow. We called it, it was Brow and all kinds of other stuff that was you know, when you have to pool your money in for 60 bucks, you go get a half barrel. It's not going to be good beer. (laughs) Uh, So I was always like, no, I'm going to go get a six or 12 pack of this or whatever and hide that. And I'll drink that, you know, (laughs) but anyhow, fast forward when I was, I fell out of love with what I was doing in finance and I loved how dynamic that was. And I loved the pace, but I didn't love what I saw happening in the industry. And I didn't love that no matter how hard i worked more and more of of my cut essentially went to someone else uh-huh. and i wanted to really step out on my own and and do something for my life for me uh-huh. and uh this was kind of that that thing where i could make it or yeah. or lose it all but at least it was on my shoulders right. and um you know i think starting out with the idea of just making local beer you know great authentic local Hawaiian beer, but then, you know, the sustainability initiatives started to come into play and and looking at the issues here in Hawaii from a a cultural and workforce standpoint and, you know, the cost of operation here and the Hawaii brand and how that was being uh, diminished by all of this, squatting essentially on the brands because they weren't actually from Hawaii sure. they really didn't offer anything back to the community. So we started just becoming more and more entrenched into not just being a brewery, but also being a, uh, a supporter of of Hawaii and supporter of the community. We wanted to lead by example in manufacturing and create jobs and create tax revenue. And like I said, of course, authenticity and then sustainability, like I said, as well, you know, being a leader in manufacturing and, and doing that, with sustainable resources. So, you know, now just a couple of weeks ago, we've become grid independent where we produce a hundred percent of our electricity on site through solar PV, as well as battery and then biodiesel generators. Uh, we are still grid connected. So if we need to import, sure. we can, but you know, we're a for-profit business. We have to run. Right. Uh, but at the same time, our, our, our goal at some point in the, in not too distant future would be even like an Island mode where we don't even have a grid connection. So wow. it's a dream, but you know, we'll see. Grid independent is grid that- independence the term we use um, because we are technically still grid connected, sure. Uh, although we don't really pull from the grid.
1: As I'm looking around your amazing facility, when we talk about grid independent here, mm-hmm. I think maybe if we can give. Someone who's listening to this right now, just kind of a scope of this facility sure. and what's going on here.
0: Yeah, so because uh, the the Kihei site for us is really unique. We call it kind of like the mothership here. Yeah. So this is our third location on Maui. Uh, we started in Kahana, which we still operate. It's a restaurant up there. We've been there for since the beginning, January of five has a seven barrel brew house over there that we don't brew in any longer. Then we moved to Lahaina for production brewing when we launched cans and that started in 2007. Uh, we then since sold that to Kohola, which is a startup brewery here on Island. Uh, and they've been around for about three years now since eh, three or four years. And when we were building Kihei, we exited our old location. So we have two facilities on Maui, one being a restaurant and then the Kihei site. Kihei has the full production brewery, distillery, a joint venture coffee company called Origin Coffee Maui. And we also have now, we're doing, we're going to be launching hard water, which are hard seltzer, Maui hard seltzer. And we have kupu spirits, like I said, through the distillery, which is our canned cocktails, as well as our gin and whiskey. All of our offices and admin and that kind of stuff here. We are about 82,000 square feet in total. Uh 60-ish of that is production space. And the rest is offices, restaurant, you know, other areas, But uh, the main area, largest consumption of area is the production of all of our liquid, if you will. Uh, We have become a craft beverage company more so than just a craft brewery. Sure, Uh, That's always going to be our core, but we do other things as well. We have about 1.2 megawatts of solar here. Uh, So I showed you the picture. It's like Mm -hmm. the entire roof is covered with solar as well as we have a bunch of awnings that we've built, whether they be solar carports or shade structures for operations outside like loading docks and wastewater and, uh, other equipment storage. So those are all under, uh, solar awnings to create more roof. Anything space you for can us. throw a panel on pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's gotten to that point. where like, yeah. where can we fit more? We, we look yeah. at the drone shot sometimes. Right. We're like, can we get like <laughs> nine more panels like right there? You know? And it's, uh, It's just something that uh, has been, since the day the building was vertical here, we've been in constant construction on solar uh, because we had to break it up in phases to be able to afford it, but also to maximize our tax credits, you know, to use that financial strategy behind what we do here as well.
1: I'm sure probably from your perspective, you're always forward thinking, okay, what's next? What's next? Mm -hmm. But it's incredible to think the last 15 years, how much you guys have made an impact positive impact in this area, but around the world, your brand and your your product. If we go back to those early days, the 05, maybe 05 to 10, how was that first relationship like here on Maui?
0: You know, it was, it was uh, pretty difficult in the beginning. You know, the first two years, not so much because it was just like, we were two ships passing in the night, just yeah. you know, working like dogs uh, at the restaurant. And it wasn't until we opened the production brewery where we could actually okay. launch cans that we really had to have that the, kind of those those harder conversations with people in the community. You loved the beer when they came in, you know, guests, whether they be residents and or visitors alike, you know, loved coming to visit us and try our beers. But when you go into the distribution mode and you're now selling direct to another restaurant or a bar or hotel, right. you're competing against all these other brands, including those fake local brands, right? Mm-hmm. Your costs are higher. So your beer is more expensive, but you know, so you have this huge education on why your beer is more expensive, you know, from a quality perspective, maybe from a, from a local perspective, you're also having to overcome certain, maybe more closed minded people would think that, why would I sell your beer? Cause you're a competing restaurant you know, as opposed to just realizing that it's beer. So we had a lot of that as well. And then we decided to lead with cans. I mean, we were the 10th brewery in the country to put beer in cans, craft beer in cans. So here it was like only junk beer was in cans. And like, why would you put this beer in cans? A, B, why is it more expensive? It's in cans, you know, all of those things. So we had to really educate the, not only the consumer, the craft beer drinker, but the, uh, the account level buyers as well and say, this is why it's in a can pour it in a glass, just like you wouldn't drink out of a bottle of wine, you know, pour it in the right glass. Here's why the can's better. It's it's sheltered from light, you know, it has lower oxygen content typically than bottles. Of course, packaging equipment dependent. They're made locally. Cans are made over on Oahu, so you're supporting local manufacturing there, as well as a more sustainable resource versus glass, where cans are infinitely recyclable. So, you know, we had this huge education before we could even sell beer again, especially in cans. And uh, it took a long time to overcome that, but now you're sitting. 8,000 breweries in the country with at least a thousand of them canning. It's very different than it was when we started. Interesting. So it's a, okay. It's a whole different world than it was five minutes ago. <laughs> so yeah.
1: And from your perspective, maybe more on a personal level, coming from vacationing on Maui mm-hmm. to starting a business on Maui and becoming part of the culture, mm-hmm. Hawaii's best is all about someone who's coming to the islands for the first time, or maybe coming on vacation mm-hmm. and they come year after year. But from your perspective, on this side of it, what are some things that you've learned about Hawaiian culture?
0: You know, I think one of the things I fell in love with about Maui in particular was that, you know, you're treated how you treat others, you know, and and for what I realized too early on was that, you know, if you're struggling, carrying your cooler at the beach, someone's going to come help you and not expect anything in return. And they could give a damn uh, whatever yeah. you do for a living. It's, uh, you know, I was living in San Francisco prior. And, you know, first question out of someone's mouth is what do you do, where do you work, you know? And then it's very quickly, you're, you know, in a, in a conversation about money and, you know, what cars you drive and it was status driven type <laughs> yeah. things We're here it was just who you are. And you're going to be accepted and treated well if you treat others well and accept them. So I think if you come here as a, a transplant, if you will, and you think you own the island and you're behaving inappropriately or you're disrespectful, then you're going to be put in your place. And, and that's where I think some of these stories of people being not accepted or the local mentality or whatever. I think it's it's people who don't respect the culture and respect that they're guests here and that they're not bringing any positivity. That's what's going to make it a bad experience for you. You know, I fell in love with it and it's not that I wanted to, like I said, appropriate it for myself and change it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a part of it. And I wanted to support it and see that go forward, you know, especially coming from a city like San Francisco, which I still love San Francisco. But I I love to visit, eat some great food and and then, you know, get back to Maui or somewhere else. But uh, it's fun, fun people watching city. Hawaii has adopted us and it's been really good. I think the early years, uh, especially, you work so much you forget why you're here you know, and, uh, start of anybody starting a business understands what that means. You know, you, you might've moved here because you love the water, or you love this, or you love that, but guess what? You don't get any of that when you're starting a business to the, to the level that we did. So, you know, it took its toll. Definitely. Sure. So yeah. Learning to find that again, though, you know, Yeah. So, and that's where like, once we had more team members and we had, you know, it wasn't just two of us trying to, to duke it out, out or, you know, eke out a living. Um, you know, we, we grew from, I think, 23 on our team, something like that, to now we're close to 800 with the four restaurants. So we have two on Oahu, two here, uh, plus the brewing operations. So as we were able to be more successful and hire the quality people we needed, that's when it started becoming like, you know, we could go to the beach again and you can go diving again. And still a lot of those things didn't happen for many years because business was the priority. But, you know, that's, that's, that's being an entrepreneur. If you're not willing to sacrifice everything, you might as well quit before you start. (laughs) And that's, uh, that's the only way you're going to be successful. How do you currently unplug? Like literally right now, uh, I'm flying a lot. Uh, It's been a dream of mine to get my pilot's license. That's amazing. Yeah. uh, My dad was, he flew when he was young and he always talked about it very, you know, romantically and he had stopped flying, I think right around the time I was born and but i always heard the stories and so i when i had the opportunity to learn to fly you know i just fell in love with it and so i'm finishing up my pilot's license now and to me it's both a it's 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 an interesting thing because to fly you really have to manage risk right you have to be thinking about you're traveling in three dimensions you're dealing with a lot of expensive equipment and You know, the fact that you're facing death by any moment, it's very safe if you do it right. And one of the things that it requires is uh, risk management, like I said, but that includes your mental state and you have to have a clear head. So going up in the air and worrying about stuff and like getting on your phone and texting and all that you don't have the time to do that, nor do you want to do that because you're looking at this beautiful landscape. You're looking at the ocean. You might be, you know, last last whale season I was flying over whale pods and doing my whale watching from the air instead of by boat. And it's a whole different perspective. So I clear my head by flying. Because on so many levels, you have to be in the moment. You got to be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can put it on autopilot and take a drink of water and, you know, look at stuff, (laughs) whatever. But you had, you know, to be a, a good pilot, you need to be present, Yeah, uh, which means having a clear head focusing on what you're doing. A lot of parallels there, huh? Absolutely. You're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm finding that a lot more yeah. right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other part of it too, is I lost my dad, uh, about six mm-hmm. years ago, seven years ago, almost mm-hmm. now. And it's kind of a connection to him That's for me cool. as well. So that I get to, you know, when I'm up in the air, I, get, I can think about that, but it's, it's, happy, you know,
1: like he's living his dream through, through me. That's yeah, pretty exactly. Cool.
0: So when, well, and, and you know, I think beyond that, I've been the last couple of weeks, tried to be at the beach as often as possible. So, you know, and that reconnecting with the water is probably the most important soothing aspect uh, for me. I always used to say that on in or near the water, <laughs> I was always happier and, um, I'd missed that for a while, so I'm trying to get back to that those roots. Good. Yeah.
1: Well, if someone's coming to Maui for the first time, what are some? Obviously, they they need to come here. Sure, um, absolutely. But what are some other yeah. things they want to put on their list? From your perspective,
0: um, honestly, like I think skip all the the obvious stuff. I mean, I think <laughs> uh, you know you can go on the, you know, 100 best things to do type sites and those are fun. But I, I think really just being present is the most important. Uh, I see a lot of people come on vacation here and then their last day, they're just spent. Mm-hmm. Like they want to go home so they can get some rest, you know, and they plan too much. So I would say first plan to not have a plan because <laughs> right. most things here with the exception of like, luau's and, and things that you really do need to have a reservation for depending on time of year, Mm -hmm. just take it day by day and try not to cram it all in. Just plan to come back and see something else. You know, I always recommend trying to stay like on the West side. If you're only here for a week, stay three or four days West side, spend the rest of the time South side do or don't do the road to Hana. It's beautiful, but it, it takes an entire day and you're tired the next day. But honestly, grab a six pack of bikini blonde lager and a, a poke bowl from Tamura's or Foodland and yeah. go sit at the beach and just drink it all, eat it all and get some sun. That's probably okay the number one that. thing. Just yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, rental yeah. paddle Give board. Permission. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. just let yourself decompress. Yeah. That's one thing that Hawaii has over everywhere else. You go to the beach and you you feel the energy just kind of relaxing a little bit. And uh I, you know, I go to the beach in San Diego when I'm home or whatever, and it's just a different feel. Is, yeah. The water's warm. You know, you can sit out at Christmas and sit in 78 degree water, you know, and then in the summer, you know, like right now that water's probably sitting somewhere on 80 degrees, maybe a little more. So you get in that water, you don't need a wetsuit to go diving. It's just, it's the most amazing place in the world to me, you know, to each their own. They, you know, you got to come experience it. So, yeah. Well,
1: talking about being present and also thinking about what's next and vision. You mentioned a little bit ago about some new products that sure. Maui Brewing is, I don't know, you guys are kind of testing out or where are you guys at with that?
0: Yeah. You know, we realized years ago um, that we needed to be doing other beverages. Uh, and the reason being is you, you look at the craft beer market. You Like I said, we started, there were less than 1200 breweries in the country. There's now almost 8,000. Uh, I sit on the board of directors for the Brewers Association as well. So I'm pretty intimate with the knowledge. There's about 2.2 new breweries. Over opening every day. And there are not one or two closing every day, so you know the pie is getting sliced uh, infinitesimally smaller every day. And you know where we were seeing these rapid growth in other markets, we're still seeing growth at home because of this hyper local movement. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say hyper local is it used to be local if it was in the state, you know. And then I remember being in California and someone saying like we were in San Francisco actually, and uh, they're like oh well we don't serve any beer from Southern California because I asked if they had like Firestone Walker or whatever and. They're like oh no that's too far south we only serve beer like north of whatever and i'm like it's not local anymore now it's by the neighborhood you know now it's literally hyper local is oh okay. oh you oh your beer is brewed in Poway well we're in Escondido that's that's not local <laughs> man you know it's that you know, it could be across the street, <laughs> yeah. but it's a different neighborhood. Interesting. You know, it's crazy how it's happened. So how much that's hurt us in the mainland, it was significant, but we've always sold very little in the mainland compared to what we sell in Hawaii. But it's helped us a ton here locally uh, because of that hyperlocal right. movement people are asking us for local beer and we're the largest producer of local beer in the state of Hawaii. So, um, at the same time, like I said, beer consumption is declining, uh, over if you look at the, the, the the 21 and up less people are drinking beer. Most 21 year olds are actually switching to spirits right out of the gate or, or premium wine, interestingly enough. So creating more opportunities to drink Mm. beer is important to us. But we realized that we can't make that change alone. So we started looking at other beverages that are being consumed, namely anything being produced in the mainland that is, um, that has traction here in Hawaii. So like hard water, hard seltzer. Okay. Um, you know, the distillery movement with the craft cocktails and craft distilling, uh, ready to drink canned cocktails. If those are going to be shipped into Hawaii, why don't we repeat what we did with beer and make an authentic local version of that for our guests? So um, Maui Hard Seltzer will be launching uh, later this year. Uh, We have three different flavors of hard water, 5%, gluten-free, under 100 calories, uh, under one gram of carbs, no sugar added, checking all the boxes that the, what you call the better for you or BFY category is looking for right now. And let's be clear, alcohol is never going to be good for you. So that's why... I, I, I take, uh, not offense, but I take pause yeah. with the better for you it's argument because beer is not bad for you. Uh, at the, you know, just anything in balance. But then on the distillery side, you know, we have our locally produced gin using local flora and fauna to influence the style, hibiscus, lemongrass, oranges from my house in Kula. So, it uh, really makes a very unique gin. And then our whiskey as well is made from our malts, various malts that we make our beer with. So we figure if those are going to get shipped in, we might as well be a local option.
1: That's just smart. Yeah. So. Especially with your branding already behind it. That's mm-hmm. so integrous. Yeah. Now, brewing company, when you branded that, was this in mind or you kind of a pivot? No, it's,
0: it's not so much a. Uh, it wasn't in mind when we said Maui Brewing Company and we're going to get into all these yeah, other things. Yeah. It definitely fits. I mean, Maui yeah. made sense because we wanted to be very simple. We want to be clear of sure. where we were and what we were doing. And since we had that such a focus on local we needed to have the, the, the geography mentioned in our name. Right. So Maui Brewing Company just made sense. So now that we have, you know, we have like Maui Hard Seltzer, and Maui H2O, which is our drinking water okay. that we're going to start canning to eliminate, help eliminate plastic water bottles from the state. The Maui brand is, from a marketing perspective, actually more recognizable than even the name Hawaii. So for us, you know, it makes sense to continue to build off that Maui brand. The one deviation we had on that is the kupu spirits because Maui brewing doesn't necessarily make sense for a distillery. And we didn't want to have a mouthful that was Maui brewing and spirits. So we decided to go with kupu uh, because the kupu essentially means uh, new growth or offshoot Mm -hmm. from an existing base. And that existing base is Maui Brewing Company that's giving and nurturing the kupu, the offshoot. Think of it like a fern, right? So you have that base and that new offshoot from the middle. That youthful kupu is protected and nurtured by the base as it continues to develop into its own. The kupu spirits logo is like an unfurling frond of a fern. Love that. It also has a touch point back to the Maui Brewing logo in the center of the Honu. You mm-hmm. see the swirl. Right. That swirl is called a koru, uh, which is the Maori term for what kupu is. And so there's a touch point back to the Maui Brewing logo. And then, of course, on all the kupu branding, we say, you know, brought to you by Maui Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, so it's a touch point, although it allows it to be its own entity, its own thing. But, you know, this is something that we started thinking about probably back in... 2009 2010 first started thinking about canned cocktails cuz mm-hmm. we had the canning line we were already making and, sodas yeah. we're like well we could do this but law didn't allow that to uh, to do, didn't allow us to do that here so we had to change Uh, Yet again, I think I've written probably 10 or 12 bills in the state of Hawaii, uh, (laughs) but we created a new class of license called the small craft producer license, which allows us to make any type of alcohol as long as we have the federal license to do so, which sounds very simple. It sounds obvious that we should should have that freedom to make things and pay more taxes, but the state didn't have that initially, because there was no one trying to do that. Gotcha. So we were that champion for the license and, and the ability to grow. And that's allowed us to now get into these other areas. We, we even make a cider as well. We do that under the Maui Brewing brand, but uh, cider and beer typically are you know made by breweries nowadays, but going into the hard salts or the cocktails and then canned water, et cetera, that's, those, are, those are brand extensions, if you will. Right. So... Do you guys do a uh, root beer? We do a root beer. Yeah, we actually award-winning root beer. Yes. So we have uh, Maui Brewing Company, Island Sodas is what we call it. And the Island Soda range is uh, root beer we've been making since 2008. Um, and the reason we started doing that too is we always wanted to be a family establishment and we weren't ever a bar and we wanted to have families come in sure. and I could see, you know, mom, dad, kids sitting at the bar and, you know, mom and dad might be drinking a cocktail of beers or whatever. And then the kids get their little pint of root beer and, you know, get to sit there and have that beer with dad. And I just, I thought that <laughs> would be really cool. Plus my grandpa, Opa, yeah. loved root beer when I, I'm um, one of the, I always remember him crushing dad's root beer at holidays. <laughs> uh, and so we made Island root beer. And then we expanded that into Island Cola, ginger beer, and okay. uh, tonic as well. And those last three that we added were designed to be great sodas on their own. So the non-alcoholic portion of what we do, but they were also meant to really play well with spirits and mix well. Oh, okay. So they stand up to the spirits and they bring flavor to it. At the same time, uh, they don't overpower those spirits either. So we really wanted to, we spent about two years making the ginger beer to be, to, you know, think about that. That's crazy. Uh, especially since her batch of soda takes a day to make when beer takes three weeks, you know, huh. uh, it's a little bit different, but those are what's in the kupu cocktails, the kupu canned cocktails. So you get a gin and tonic. That's our tonic from Maui Brewing as well as the gin from kupu and same with the whiskey, ginger, whiskey, cola. Gotcha. Yeah. Anything
1: else as far as like, hey, this is what's coming next. This is what we're excited about.
0: You know, I think the Beyond Beer program yeah. is probably the the thing that I spend most of my time on right now and uh, things that I'm most excited about. I feel like I'm at the, like right at the end of getting some of these things launched. We launched Kupu in July. Um, I'll have hard water launched by the end of October, mm-hmm. cans by the end of the year for that, I, ideally. Beginning of the year, I'd like to have the canned water rolling out to the schools as a pilot program uh, because I believe very strongly in minimizing the use of plastic in our environment, especially, you know, the, the way it impacts the, the ocean and, and the environment, you know, and, and just the sea life. And, you know, people come to Hawaii because the oceans are so amazing and they, they still are. But I think it's incumbent upon us to protect it as best we can. And I, I absolutely hate plastic water bottles. Like I hate a strong word I know, and I try not to use that for people, but I have that for plastic plastic. And uh, I think the fact that aluminum is infinitely recyclable and produced right here in Hawaii through the the can plant over at Ball, mm-hmm. um, the fact that we have an opportunity at Maui Brewing Company to uh, do something so good for the environment, that's something that I'm really passionate about. And that's what leads our sustainability initiatives. Just anecdotally, it's funny, I, I sent an email to Ball last week asking us, hey, there's all these stats like if you put a bottle water, water bottle end to end, you could wrap the world like 50,000 times or whatever it is. Yeah, that's almost. how much is consumed in a year or the, or the pile of water bottles consumed in just one day. You can see from space, all these different funny facts. Right. But we wanted some that are more like different. And I said, you know, and uh, the example I gave was that there's enough water bottles consumed every year to fill the grand Canyon, like to really give a perspective. And I was like, I don't know that's the case. And I said, like, God, I hope it's not. And <laughs> I got an email back being like, you're probably not too far off. <laughs> And that scared me. Oh, oh, the fact that here is this can manufacturer, like, yeah, actually, you're probably not too far off. Yeah. Think about how big the Grand Canyon is. Yeah. And imagine filling that like a wastebasket with plastic water bottles. Goodness. That's scary. And you look yeah. at some of these footage of the ocean in the like far east, you see these waves of plastic in Thailand right. or Bali and all these beautiful places. And the fact that we have even a small hand in trying to help combat that is something that I'm really passionate about moving forward. And it's all
1: of our responsibilities. If you enjoy coming to Hawaii, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Hawaii didn't become Hawaii just by neglect. No. Like it's all of our responsibilities. Like if we want our grandkids to enjoy these places, we need to leave it better than we found it. Yeah. And we need to figure that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just don't go to a big box store and buy four cases of water for your trip here. Sure. Bring one stainless steel or other reusable water bottle and yeah. please use that on your trip. You know, you may be I mean you have the the best of intentions and grab a bottle of water and you know sit it down next to you at the beach and it's empty and it blows into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Well maybe you can't get it. Okay, well now that's in the ocean for forever. You know, so if you had that stainless steel water bottle sitting next to you, you just refill it constantly and it's not going to blow away. So little things like that make a huge difference. I mean, it just, I always travel with reusable water bottles. I mean, I think this is my beer growler and I've never, it's never <laughs> seen beer. I've, I've, I drink at least one of those a day of water, usually two, you know, and I try to always have uh, more sustainable options. I have, I have my travel water bottle that I take when I travel because it fits, it's slim and it fits in my backpack. Yeah. You know, th- these are the types of very simple things that I wish more people would do. And finally we're starting to see the movement swell and get to that point of inflection where i think it will will hopefully take over but we definitely need uh, to be making that difference so
1: isn't it incredible that sometimes you need
0: people to get the oh mm-hmm. i get it now yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It's almost like it's- those old commercials. I don't think they do them anymore. The V8 ones, you know, right. where you got like, to exactly. slap the guy on the head. That's kind of what needs to happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, you start seeing pictures of whales dead on the beach and rotting and all that's in them is plastic or the outline of a bird with the skeleton, you know, you see it on the beach and all it is is plastic in there that. They've just been eating because they don't know any better, you know. So there's a lot of things that we'd like to do and continue to move in that direction, and that's part of our leadership in manufacturing in Hawaii. Okay, is first was this grid independence project. Actually, I'd argue that second. First was saying that you know if you're producing something, if you want to say it's local, it should be there and made there because it has a direct impact on the community. Mm -hmm. Second to that was then sustainability and creating energy from renewable resources. You don't have to go as far as we did. You can buy renewable energy or you can do your part. That's all we can ask. We've been successful and we've been able to convince the bank to lend us the money to do that project uh, because it does have a good ROI. You know, you could have put that money elsewhere and we chose to put it into energy. Uh, That also gives us an accurate projection of energy costs moving forward in perpetuity. So our team that relies on us to pay their paychecks, they have a more solid foundation because now we're in control of energy costs as opposed to just Fuel and oil that going up and smart. down, dictating wow. what we pay yeah. for energy. We've seen prices for energy here uh, go 30, 40% higher over the last, you know, 20, 15 years that we've been here. And they go up, they go down, they go up, they go down, they're all over the place. And more often than not, they're up than they are down. Those are the things that we try to combat and to give our make ourselves kind of lean and mean. It's a if you huge win win, yeah. There, yeah, and that's where some of the financial, yeah, mindset of both Melanie and myself, you know, bringing to the company and applying that in a more direct way to the beer industry was very unique, especially at the time when we opened. You know, in 2005, most breweries that were opening were two guys who made killer homeb- homebrew <laughs> back at home. And they're like, hey, you think we could do this for work? I, I got this kid off Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and nothing wrong with that. Homebrewing is where all of the ideas and the, the crazy stuff, so the innovation really came from initially and still does to some degree this, to these days. But we applied a business approach to something that, you know, especially I loved in beer. And that's what I think helped us be successful as well. Yeah. You know, ran it like a business, but definitely treated it more as a lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, probably a serious question. Okay. What's your current favorite drink? Oh, favorite drink. That's hard. I'm not drinking right now. More just... I was on a cleanse, and I'm I'm getting ready to go to Korea, which is going to be pretty crazy. Normally, Pilsner, uh, Paohana Pilsner from us. I just I love Pilsner style, and I think it's super clean, nice and dry, hoppy. If I'm not drinking that, I'm probably going to drink like a, a old fashioned or uh, something along those lines. I love a good whiskey cocktail. Okay. Well, Garrett, thank you so much for coming on Hawaii's Best. No, no worries. How can people connect with Maui Brewing Company? You know, no one uses the internet anymore. So its uh, <laughs> I would say Instagram, uh, yeah. it's at Maui Brewing Co. Okay. Uh, so for at Maui Brewing Company. And then also uh, same on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and then of course, if you do still use the web, it's MauiBrewing.com. Uh, and of course, if you just search uh, Maui and beer uh, online, it's going to come up with our links first, uh, but we'd love to have you come visit and drink a beer, try a soda, get a cocktail. We try to deliver an authentic local experience and uh, certainly something you won't regret. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Aloha. Aloha.
1: I just want to thank Garrett again and Maui Brewing Company for their hospitality, for showing my wife Allie and I around. And we talked a little bit about their root beer. Their root beer is amazing. So yeah, you go to Maui Brewing Company. um, Their food is great. Their vibe is great. um, Their products are amazing. So I just want to encourage you, next time you're on Maui, check them out at their main facility in Kihei. You can find them all across the island as well. Just simply go to mauibrewingco.com. My key takeaway from the conversation with Garrett was learning about how their facility is grid independent. Now that's cool on an environmental side. And that's, I think it's easy to see the wins with that being fully grid independent. But what I really love too is that it's an incredible way to control costs. So on a business side, I really appreciate that. And then on the environmental side, it's just cool to see a win-win for both business and environment. I really hope that this interview gave you an inside look at Maui Brewing Company and added some value to your day. And if it did, again, hit that subscribe button, drop a rating review below, and I look forward to hanging out again next time on Hawaii's Best. Until then, be well. Aloha.
0: Thanks for listening to Hawaii's Best Podcast. To stay up to date on future episodes, be sure to hit the subscribe button and find us at LiveHawaii'sBest.com.